everybody, my name is Ryan, and I'm not a keeper, I'm not a dungeon master, I'm just one part of this party today. Uh, I have August with me today. August, why don't you introduce yourself with your name and pronouns, and then we haven't talked a lot about how we're going to play this, but if you have your character already, your character's name and character's pronouns. Sure. Uh, I'm August, I use they, them pronouns, and, um, well... Can I wait to introduce my character until after we've introduced the game? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. I think that's smarter. Uh, so we're playing a game called I Kissed Mothman Behind the Arby's. It is a two-person game, which I have not found a lot of. And I actually didn't find this one. It was due to Pod of Blunders, a different podcast that I listened to that I found this. Um, in it, one person is playing the cryptid. And the other person is playing the human. And then through a series of card draws, in this case I'm using a random number generator, it works the same, uh, you determine how their story is going to go. And ideally you'll have something that's kind of rom com by the end of it. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, so the first step is to create the characters. Uh, so there's a series of questions to go with each. Uh, for the cryptid, what is your name? So I was a dingus and didn't come up with the name that people don't call me. Um, <laughs> so give me just a moment to go to Don John. Ah, yes, Don John. Yes, Don John is very good. Um, my good friend Don John uh, provides... Uh, random names so i'm going to go by uh sabi is my name name sabi okay uh the next question is what are you called by others so like mothman so i figured i thought about it for a while and i figured why mess with perfection i am going to play mothman and if the statue in Point Pleasant, West Virginia is to be believed, I have a fantastic butt. The badonk is spectacular, yes. <laughs> if you haven't seen the statue of Mothman in Point Pleasant, uh, do yourself a favor and Google it. It is amazing, and for some reason Mothman has a really, really good butt. It, so choice. So choice. Okay, um, you're kind of getting into the next question, which is what do you look like? So, um, I'm not going to go completely by the statue. Um, mostly that was a joke. Um, I... But we're keeping the badonk. Yes. It's yes. just the, the badonk is a little difficult to see because I am very similar to a moth, so I'm covered in fuzz. Mm. Um, I have uh, two arms and... Or, sorry, two sets of arms, so four arms and two legs. Um, I have very large uh, eyes that glow red in the dark. Um, very long, fuzzy antennae, and um, mostly I'm dark-colored with kind of, like, brown patterns on my wings. Okay. Uh, where do you live? Uh, I live in the forest. Uh, I don't really care for the company of others most of the time. And uh, it's really easy to blend in with the trees so people don't come and find me. 
Which leads us to, what do you think of humans? I think they're interesting to watch, but I don't like being among them very much. They don't tend to react very well to me, so I just keep my distance. Okay, I have a similar set of questions as the human. So it starts with, what is your name? Um, I think my character's name is going to be Monica. Monica looks like your pretty stereotypical, like, early 90s cartoon nerd with, like, the big round glasses and the <laughs> mousy hair. Um, Monica lives in a rather nice house in town. Her parents are pretty well off. It's basically just short of a mansion. Uh, she has been given leave to convert an entire bedroom into a library for herself, which is where she has most of her cryptid lore. Uh, bringing us to the next question, what have you heard about cryptids? Um, I don't know that she has the best information. Uh, I get the feeling that cryptozoology is not very well funded. Mm -hmm. So maybe the few books that she does actually have by experts are good, but that doesn't mean that they're a majority of her books. So most of them are, are like pulpy rags that are just like uh, really sensational covers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nessie looks like Fabio for some reason. That whole thing. <laughs> and then what have you heard about this cryptid in particular? I think she's kind of heard the standard stuff about Mothman. In fact, let me... There's a movie that my husband loves, and I can't remember. The Mothman Prophecies. Uh, she has watched that film religiously. So she knows that Mothman can probably fly and bridges collapse. And that's about as much as she knows. <laughs> okay, so... From here on out, we're going to play out four different scenes that show us how their relationship develops. Um, at any time during a scene, you can give a token to the other player. We're not in the same room. We're doing this remotely. So I think I'll just put an M in the Google Meet chat for any token from Monica, and you can put an S for tokens from Sabi. Sounds good. When the human gets a token from the cryptid, this re represents a moment in which the human has shared a piece of their life or culture, has taught the cryptid something about society, or has otherwise introduced the cryptid to something human. Conversely, when the cryptid gifts a token to the human, this re represents a moment in which the cryptid has shared a piece of their being, beliefs, or history, has subvert subverted a myth taught by humans, or has otherwise introduced the human to something wild or monstrous. Normally when you play, you have your deck of cards. You're only using the face cards. So king, queen, jack, and ace. And you draw a card from the stack to determine the theme for the scene. Um, I'm just going to use a one through four number generator. And we start with the meeting, which is self-explanatory so i'm gonna get a random number here 
one. Your first meeting is contentious. One of you has accidentally invaded the other's space or said something rude. Ooh. Yeah. So, I guess there's really only two ways this can go, right? Either Monica has shown up in Sabi's space somehow, or Sabi has shown up at Monica's house or maybe burst through the window or, or some way like that. So what do you think? Well, there's also like maybe uh, Monica is out somewhere when uh, Sabi kind of like bursts in because there are a lot of uh, instances of like people spotting Mothman when they're when they're out driving. Hmm. So, but that's entirely up to you. I'm I'm fine with uh, uh, Sabi ending up in Monica's space. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Um I I do kind of like that. Um Okay. So I I know that Mothman is often seen when people are driving. So maybe Sabi was flying somewhere, maybe to go find soup, food somewhere or something. And somebody saw him or them What's Sabi's pronouns? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. Uh, they, them. Sabi them. is a cryptid beyond human kin, so they have no use for gender. Why would they? Yeah. Uh, so they're flying to get food or something, and somebody sees them while they're driving their car, gets out, and takes a picture with Flash, and maybe that blinds them and sends them through Monica's window. Oh, yes. I love that. Okay, perfect. Uh, so Sabi goes through Monica's window, and I think Monica was like mid changing, so she just yanks her PJ shirt on as fast as she can. She had her pants on already, mm-hmm. and goes, "Oh my god, hi!" I think this is especially disorienting because, like, you know, it was it was dark out already, and then bursting into. The bright, you know... Well, actually, is it a bright room? I think Monica tends to have really moody lighting. Okay. Okay, so that's that's less disorienting then. So Sabi kind of, like, looks around, like, swivels their head around and uh, makes a few clicking noises before remembering, oh, wait, this is a human. Humans don't talk like that. Uh, and so they make a noise like clearing their throat and they say, oh, um, excuse me, uh, I, you, you don't happen to know where I am, do you? My bedroom. And she kind of scoots closer to her closet. (laughs) Sabi doesn't do the the like uh narnia spare um thing but i do think they they kind of sigh and say which way back to the woods approximately 32 degrees to the west monica can can kind of see uh, sabi thinking for a moment and i don't know what your human measurements mean. Which way? Just 
you can indicate with your extremities. <laughs> uh, yeah, she just points. <laughs> Why are you in my bedroom? Sabi clears their throat again and says, Foolishly, I chose to get close to your human settlement and was assaulted by a passerby with flashing lights and became disoriented. Okay. Well, you should you should have something for that. And she gets into her dresser and she pulls out this pair of cosplay goggles, like steampunk goggles. Oh my god. And they have these little lenses that can flip over them to be shaded like sunglasses. And she hands this to oh my them. God. I know exactly <laughs> the kind of glasses or goggles you're talking about too. Oh it's almost goodness. a vis- visceral image. <laughs> it is, it is. I'm I'm kind of imagining that Sabi has like kind of really large eyes. So, like, they they take the goggles with uh, one of their hands and like hold one of the uh, one of the lenses up to their eye and just kind of like it's it's a kind of exasperated noise, but Monica gets the sense that it, like they're not exasperated with her. They're just exasperated because it's like they're just slightly too small to be useful. And they sigh again and say, well, thank you for trying. Are you going to get home okay? She has now stepped away from the closet. Well, if it's the direction you indicated... Hopefully there will be no roads between here and there, or if if there are, they won't be as heavily traveled, and I'll I'll keep a higher altitude. Okay. She doesn't really know what else to do. <laughs> I appreciate your hospitality. I it's not frequently that humans are kind or receptive to my visage in my experience so I kind of think this is where Savi like okay so it's in my in my mind the first thing that springs to mind is just like you know just kind of like climbing out the window backwards um but I think that they still have the goggles in their in one of their hands uh as they fly away they fly away and only then does monica realize and stick her torso out the window and says wait my window is still broken <laughs> and i think that ends that scene that sounds good okay uh so i think 
I think I'm gonna go ahead and give give uh Sabi a token. Okay. Because from her understanding of or excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm getting the things flipped. When a human gives a token to the cryptid, it represents a moment in which the human has shared a piece of their life or culture or has taught the cryptid something. And she tried to share the steampunk goggles. Mm-hmm. Well, not tried, succeeded. Sabi totally stole those. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They didn't intend do their intended thing, but they did get to them. So there's that. Yes. Yes. I'm not sure that I really the the only thing that well I think I may have subverted a myth because like usually Mothman is not something that you can easily approach or have um, a conversation with. Yeah. So, I'll go ahead and put a token in the chat there. So the next scene is called Second Date. Um, actually, uh, after the scene, answer the following questions. Oh, you're right. Let's see. Uh, what immediately attracts you to the other person? This is the first time that Monica's had something tangible to prove that cryptids are real. <laughs> I think before, cryptozoology has been more of a hobby. And now she's thinking... Oh, not only are these beings real, but I can have a conversation with them. Um, mm -hmm. And that idea of being able to have a conversation with someone who is so totally different from yourself is really intriguing to her. And then what kind of first impression do you hope they got from you? She hopes that they did not realize that she was inching towards her closet for the bat that's in there. <laughs> and hopes that the gift of the goggles was at least appreciated, even if it wasn't useful. And I think from Sabi's perspective, uh, what really attracts them to Monica is uh, her kindness. Usually humans are afraid of afraid of them and act really rashly around them or you know like the the bystander on the road just like you know trying to take a picture and you know that didn't go over well so you know just the fact that monica like was trying to help them was really new um and interesting so uh, her kindness, for sure. The first impression that they hope Monica got from them is that they're not, like, the frightful monster that they usually get painted to be. Hey, everybody! Um, so first up, I do want to apologize for the audio quality on my end. There is a fuzz that I can't completely get rid of, but at least it's gone during my dead air time while I'm listening to August. Um, other than that, I think I've got a more solid plan for how we're going to handle Patreon from here on out. 
Uh, so go ahead and hop on to our Twitter account at twitter.com forward slash TGIA podcast for more info on that. We are going to start releasing game notes. Uh, I, I think I'm going to do it on the lowest tier. I still have some wiggling around to figure out exactly what I'm going to do. Um, and then other than that, I do still want to do bonus episodes, but due to the fact that we have this kind of rotating cast situation since we have guests, I can't do it the way that I used to do it anymore. So I am going to open the floor to you all for questions. Uh, So anything that you want to know about me or about creating the show or the games that we've been playing, send your questions my way at thegamesafootpodcast at gmail.com. We have an ad here for Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High, one of my personal favorite podcasts. Um, When Chillhaven reached out to the network uh, to request to sign up, uh, I listened to their first four episodes, which was all they had out at the time, and told the network, get these folks on our network. We need them. They're awesome. You may notice a bit of a shift in how I'm editing to include more little sound effects and things like that. That's heavily influenced both by Dangerous Times at Shillhaven High and by Super Idols, another show on our network. So yeah, I'm going to let you listen to their wonderful ad right here, and then we'll get back to that good, good rom-com nonsense. There are in our world certain places that seem to draw on the strange tragic news on this the first day of school in chillhaven as a local teen has been found dead under what authorities are describing as mysterious circumstances the unusual so sleeping is difficult because i don't blink so oh my god the monstrous (laughs) and then he vomits out his whole skeleton onto his desk what And when you were a hip, young teen coming of age in one of these locations... So I'm like walking, trying to like subtly unzip my hair out of my backpack. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you are an aspiring scientific genius. What do they fluctuate, Zeke? Molecules? A burgeoning telekinetic. I think you have telekinetic powers. That's so specific for you to say right now. Um. <laughs> or a social media influencer. And she took a and she took a selfie too, and she put glass their fake glasses. <laughs> Your safety is not guaranteed. Why do I keep being made to look at things that shouldn't be? <laughs> In these dangerous times at Chillhaven High. Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High is a real play radiophonic supernatural teen drama. New episodes every Tuesday. Follow us everywhere at Chillhaven High. So now we're moving on to second date. Um, Again, you draw a card. I'm going to use my random number generator. Your second date is incredibly sexy. Whether it's the wine, the conversation, or the date activity, the two of you simply cannot resist each other. All right. Well, so the caption for the the second date is you haven't been able to stop thinking about each other. Definitely true for Monica's perspective. Yeah, I think 
So one of the things that is frequently associated with the Mothman is like the ability to tell the future. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that like Sabi actually has like super future vision or anything. I do think like if they concentrate hard enough, they can make some educated guesses mm -hmm. using extra senses that Mothmen have uh, to figure things out. And so I think there's a point where, you know, they're looking at the goggles and remembering Monica, and this is maybe like a week or two later, and they decide to try to figure out where Monica might, you know, a place to meet Monica where they could like quote unquote bump into each other. Um, because like they they just kind of want to chat and you know see see how she's doing um so it's entirely up to you where monica would be i've got an idea mm -hmm. so they're sitting down with these goggles trying to figure out where she is do you think it's more of like a vision thing that happens where they see her or is it more like i know directionally where she's going to be I think it's more fun if it's I know directionally, uh, so that way they can be surprised okay. with where they end up. Okay. Uh, so they end up at a nightclub. Oh my goodness. And I don't know if they would really understand what's happening, not having been a very active part of human culture. But this nightclub is holding a costume theme. Oh my goodness. Monica is close to the front of the line to get into this nightclub. She is wearing kind of your classic Playboy bunny ears and a tail, but she's also dressed <laughs> up in like the Jessica Rabbit dress. Oh my goodness. So trying to make it really, really literal. And her normally blonde hair is tucked up in a red wig as well. I think Sabi, like, uh, touches down uh, somewhere a little bit away. Mm -hmm. So that way nobody sees them, like, land next to Monica. But they, uh, uh, they do approach. I think the first thing that they say to her, because they're kind of flustered, uh, is, I apologize, I stole these. And they, they like, awkwardly thrust out the goggles. <laughs> uh, she looks surprised, and she does take them back. She also says, I've been working on another hair that might fit you better. Do you want to hang out and you can maybe come back to my place later? I would like to stay in your company, yes. Great. And she loops her arm through theirs and pays the cover fee for both of them and they go into this <laughs> nightclub. I think and you can stop me if this is a silly idea. I'm but here I for like, silly ideas. We're playing I Kissed Mothman behind the Arby's. So I think that um, 
when Sabi like ducks through the door because they have their antennae and that adds like a good eight inches to their height. <laughs> uh, so they have to duck down. But when they get in the nightclub, you know, there's probably like, you know, throbbing lights, like, you know, they change colors in time to the music and stuff. And I think Sabi is just like absolutely enthralled. Yes. Yes, I can see this. She thinks that's cute, honestly. She thinks that's very cute. And she says, Do you wanna do you wanna dance? Or or maybe you'd like a drink first? Um, Sabi just like has to to shake their head a moment to to snap snap away from the lights. Uh and they say, I would like a drink, yes. Uh as long as I can still be in your company while we drink. Of course you can. Do you know what you like? And she is leading them over to where the bar is. I like water. Just water? Is there more than water to drink? I thought humans required water to live. We do. But water can be part of many other drinks. What do you like? I think she orders them a lemon drop. (laughs) She gets herself a sex by the beach, but she thinks a lemon drop might be more of a good introductory speed for them. Mm -hmm. And hands them their drink when it's done. Hang on a second. I need to Google something. Mm Mm-hmm. How fast do moths get drunk? No. Um, <laughs> well, first I was trying to see if moths can taste sour things. Oh, that's fair. Uh, but I tried Googling that and it didn't come up. But one of the things that did come up was, do moths taste with their feet? I um, see that now, yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, I think one of the things is so moths do taste with their feet but uh we're not going to be putting toes into the lemon drop but i do think that they they like put their like the tip of one of their fingers in the lemon drop Mm -hmm. and like their antennae like wiggle a little bit and like their eyes can't widen because they don't have eyelids but you know they're they like perk up a little and then just like knock it back She's like, it's good, right? It's very good. I think they kind of stand around and have a drink or two and talk before dancing the night away. Mm-hmm. I do. I I did realize they never introduced themselves to each other. No, they didn't. <laughs> So it's like two drinks in before Sabi's like, oh, you may call me Sabi. I'm I'm Monica. I wasn't sure how to broach that since you already broke in through my bedroom window when we kind of didn't do it then. I'm not as familiar with human customs as maybe I would like to be in the future. Well... And, and they're, they're like, stumbling over their words. They're a little buzzed between, like, the, the strobing lights and the alcohol, they say. But I would like to know human culture, I think. I can help with that. 
I think I would like that. Although, I do have a question. Sure. Do you dress like this all the time? <laughs> no. Uh, it's a costume party, so everyone's dressed a little different. And Sabi's antennae droop a little, and they go, oh. Okay. Would you like it if I dress like this all the time? And she sidles up closer to them, so kind of like nuzzled right into a couple of those arms. <laughs> and like, they, they stumble over their words a little bit more, but they manage to get out. It is a look that suits you. Thanks. You want to dance? I can try. And yeah, they dance. How well does that go for Sabi, do you think? Um, I think that the Mothman version of dancing is a little different than human dancing, and it definitely involves, like, fluttering their wings a lot. And so other people get pissed because, uh... Sabi's wings keep bumping into them and they're just like, hey, watch it. Uh, but I think some people do, and then other people are just like, whoa, how'd you make your costume? And if they don't say something right away, she'll just deflect and just say something like, I have a cousin who works in movie effects. <laughs> Which is not untrue, but is also not how. Yeah. Yeah. And then after a night of a couple drinks and some dancing, she does take him back to her place. Um, I think she's in college, but she still lives with her parents. That's why she lives in this huge house. Mm -hmm. And when she gets them into her room, she gets into that same drawer again. But this time she pulls out a pair of goggles that are not as stylistically made as the original mm -hmm. but they would serve the same function and they will absolutely fit over their eyes I think Sabi is like their body language just shows like their gratitude as they like very reverently take the goggles and like hold them up and like I bet the you know their eyes look really interesting through the goggles because it's, you know, the multifaceted uh, compound eyes. Mm -hmm. And they look at Monica and they just say, thank you. I think she's speechless for a moment or two. And then she just says, you are beautiful. I was about to be like Sabi blushes, but that's not something that moths do. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, maybe their antenna wiggle again and uh, they kind of like glance to the side and, you know, almost that kind of like aw shucks kind of body language. And uh, they say, you look very nice yourself. I think I would like to see you again. You don't have to stop seeing me now. And she gives them a kiss. <gasps> the prompt did say sexy date. So I was kind of yes. going off of that. But yes, she definitely no, would not I'd... want to do anything more than they were comfortable with. I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things where, like, there's a lot of confusion and, and laughing 
because, you know, Sabi has no idea, like, how to make out with a human. <laughs> um, but they definitely probably get some smooching in. I think we can tastefully fade to black. Yeah. Yeah. I think Sabi definitely gets another token from Monica. I agree. And I think it goes the same way because it's like, again, it's one of those things where they're not acting like the the mythical Mothman. They're mm-hmm. revealing themselves to be a nerd. <laughs> they're so cute. <laughs> I didn't start out wanting them to be a nerd, but here we are. Hey, if it happens, it happens. I gave Mothman a wedgie behind the Arby's. <laughs> What makes you want to see each other again? I'm going to be honest, Monica likes them. At first, she thought that she would just want to talk to them because they are so different from her. And it's it's an amazing intellectual opportunity. But with how willing they were to try new things and then be excited by those new things, she likes them. <laughs> Yeah, and I think from Sabi's perspective, it's they're excited to learn the new things. Like, Monica shows them things that they hadn't even considered. Like, you know, who knew that humans do things like costume parties? You know, who knew that they made things that you could drink that weren't water that tasted like that? <laughs> um, and, uh,. You know, it. They they want to know more, and more specifically, they want to know more because Monica's there. Aww. Uh, the other question is: How has your perception of the other person changed? Well, when Monica first met Sabi, she was like, "Okay, there's this big creature that just busted in through my window." <laughs> So I don't know if I need my bat, and I don't know if this being is a creeper, but they've gotten to know each other a little better, and she thinks they're sweet. Yeah, I think Monica, like, at first, because Monica was human, like, they found her a little intimidating, but because of her kindness and because of her willingness to just, you know, be open and friendly. Like, Sabi, like, obviously Sabi thinks that she's lovely, but also, like, she's a friend who they also smooch. (laughs) Okay. The next part is a fight. Let me use my random number generator again. This scene is going to make me sad no matter what. Oh, yes, it is. Your fight is about something silly. The kind of fight where you don't quite remember what you were fighting about at the end of it. Oh, boy. So what is something silly that they would fight about? (laughs) Okay, maybe... We don't have to roll with this. It's just an idea. Mm -hmm. Maybe... They're coming to visit Monica. And Monica's now installed a window with this, like, key lock, so they have a key to this window now. Mm-hmm. 
But when they show up to visit Monica, she's reading this steamy cryptid romance novel. <laughs> That's clearly well worn. Oh no. And then is is Sabi just like, is this all I am to you? Could be. Could be something entirely different. Or we could go with a different argument. I I like the idea of the the where well worn cryptid romance novel. I think that's that's very fun. <laughs> I don't think it's Mothman on the cover though. I'm trying to decide. Hmm. Oh, it's it definitely closet. a Yeti. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So yeah, she's just chilling out reading this romance novel. I think. I think the way she's dressed has skewed a little sexier since she's met them. And I think that has also applied to her sleepwear. So she's wearing this like slinky little silk nighty and reading this romance novel. My brain immediately goes to, since it's a Yeti, uh, my brain immediately goes to uh, Sabi bristling and just being like, why would you want to read about a yeti? <laughs> so it's not even am I all is this all I am to you, but instead, why a yeti? Yeah. Just screw that guy. I don't like yetis. <laughs> okay. Uh so is that something that they say like right when they come in the window or how how does this start? I think they come in the window and like do a like cust- you know not customary as in like you know just just something that they've you know a pattern they've established of you know sabi comes in and and does a greeting of some sort because i'm a little bit of a nerd maybe it's it's something that like involves their wings that's like part of a mating dance almost <laughs> but Sabi hasn't told Monica that's what it is yet, but uh, it's just it's just some quirky thing that Sabi does, you know. Um, but uh, and I think after the the greeting, they notice the book, and you know they kind of bristle a little, and they're like, "What's that?" It's it's a romance novel. It's just something silly. And she marks her page with a bookmark, but then hands it over. She doesn't think this is something that's going to be a fight. She's not ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Sabi, like, makes a kind of alien noise in the back of their throat. And is just like, why? why would you read this? Why would you read about such things romance novels yetis and there's just like disgust dripping dripping from that word i'm i'm sorry i'm confused are you prejudiced against yetis yetis are frightful creatures they do nothing but stink mostly Sabi, sweetie, I'm I'm not trying to be too on the nose here, but a lot of people would think that you're a frightful creature. That kind of takes them aback a little bit. And they drop the book. And they say, I know that. 
I know more than you, I know that most humans find me to be frightful. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to imply that you didn't. And she takes two of their hands. Two of their many hands. Yeah. I think I think uh, they like let her take two of their hands and their other two hands come up to be to like rest on top of hers. I enjoy romance novels. And some of them are about just humans and some of them are about humans and yetis or humans and well not skunk apes. I'm not really I can't get past the idea of the smell during intimacy. That's not the point. <laughs> They're just books. And, and I've weeded out a lot of what I thought were academic books because after meeting you and getting to know you better, I realized they didn't they didn't represent you or other is, is cryptid offensive? Sabi kind of shrugs. You were other cryptids in a compassionate light. But with romance novels, it's always about two people who you don't expect to fall in love falling in love. And their journey, it's, it's, it's always beautiful. Even if it's a little cheesy. I'll be the first <laughs> to admit that the Yeti book that I just showed you is very, very cheesy. But the, again, not, not the point. And she gives their hands a little squeeze. They squeeze back and they kind of like look at the, the book on the ground where they dropped it. And then they look back at Monica and they sigh and they say I suppose fictional yetis are allowed to find love <laughs> I mean I could show you my Mothman romance novel but it, after meeting you it's riddled with inaccuracies I think Sabi makes like a kind of like chittering noise that Monica knows now is them laughing Aww. and uh, they shake their head and they say, no, I already have romance. I do not need a book. Fade to black, that was cute! Aww. <laughs> I'm giving you a token because Sabi is, like, being more, like, open about being a moth creature. Instead of necessary. well, I don't want to say they're not on their best behavior, but... They're showing off some of their more cryptid leanings with, like, the mating dance and making more alien sounds now. They're not as guarded, it feels like. Yeah. They're showing off more of their monster side. And I'm giving a token because Monica's now shared books and mm -hmm. romance novels and the idea of fantasy. I think that's honestly kind of a big part of her. And the reason she was so fascinated with cryptids in the first place is it opens up a realm of fantasy. Yeah. Uh, so we have two questions. 
Has your partner adequately addressed your hurt? Monica was more confused than anything about this fight. <laughs> so I think she's good. Yeah, I think Sabi you know, Sab it was it was a misunderstanding more than anything, and you know, now that Sabi understands what the heck romance books are, uh like it's it's all water under a bridge. Do you regret anything you said? Uh, Monica definitely regrets the whole, well, other people might think you're frightening thing. It wasn't said out of cruelty or anything, but she could tell she hurt their feelings. I think Sabi, now that they know what romance novels are, like, and what fiction is, they regret, like, making it a problem. How will you move forward? Um... In Monica's mind, there's not much to move forward from. It was something they talked through, and now it's over. Yeah. Sabi feels the same way. Okay. Okay, cool. So here's the last scene. The proposal. It doesn't have to be marriage. It could be moving in or going on vacation together or some other big thing. It could also definitely be marriage. The proposal is accidental. You've blurted out something you didn't mean to say, but it's too late to take it back. You're in it now. Okay. So hear me out. Okay. <laughs> I think this uh, could possibly be, and you're welcome to uh, throw throw out something else if you'd rather, but I think this could possibly be uh, Sabi makes an offhanded comment about... Uh, Monica meeting their parent. I love this, honestly. Yes, I love this. So, so how would that go? I, obviously, Sabi comes to visit her through the window. Have they let her know where they live? I think so. So they've been visiting each other. Let's do this scene where Sabi lives, just because we haven't seen it yet. Um, mm -hmm. and can you describe that for me? So, I think Sabi lives very plainly. Um, I think that... I think that it's it's actually, like, a treehouse. Um, but not, that. like, in the little kid sense, but, you know, uh, not as elaborate as, like, the Airbnb treehouse sense either, but, you know, some something in between where it's just a very simple house that's in a tree um it's got moss growing on it um the weather doesn't really bother sabi as much so there's not like glass in the windows or anything mm -hmm. but maybe there's like uh some wind chimes that uh sabi made out of you know carved pieces of wood and there's like little bits and bobs of shiny knickknacks uh the furniture is very plain but it's comfortable sabi's been here a while and you know, they, they like comfort just fine, so. Yeah, so it's a cute little treehouse and it's comfortable. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think over time, Monica has kind of brought over some things. Some people might say it's in a sneaky way so that she can be there more often. And maybe it is, but it's not intended to be sneaky. Just one day there's a box there where she can keep some clothes. And another day there's a toothbrush and some toothpaste there and just little things that have built up over time so that she's more and more a part of their space. Mm -hmm. 
and this time she's brought over a, a very small collection, like four or five of those well-worn romance novels and just kind of sits them on top of her box of clothes. <laughs> I, I think... I, I think Sabi is not so inobservant as to not figure out what Monica's doing. So I think that Monica actually, like, finds that there are places for the things that she brings over. Mm. Uh, so there's, there's potentially just, like, a conveniently empty shelf by the time that uh, she brings over the novels. They go right on that shelf. And Sabi, like, makes happy chittering noises uh, when she arrives. I'm so happy you are here, and it fills me with so much happiness to see you. I wish that my parent could see all of the happiness you've brought. You've never mentioned your parent before. And she sits next to them and just kind of wiggles her way under one of their arms they like I don't know how the logistics of this work I just like the image of like them like kind of lifting up their arms so she can get under it and then like them you know kind of bringing a wing forward to you know make it super mega hug yeah um, and it's cozy and it's cute yeah moth wings totally work that way totally Yes. Sabi, like, pauses for a second. And then it's just like, oh, um, I, uh, I mean, um, well, uh, yes. I have not mentioned my parent very much. We're not always on speaking terms? I get that. My... My moms love me, but they're also really busy, so... They've kind of taken the approach of spoiling her is love enough, you know? I am not sure that I can... empathize. I, uh... My parent did not want me to fly as far away from them as I have, and so we have not spoken much. But... But you miss them. Sometimes I do, yes. And sometimes I think of them, and it is generally fondly, and sometimes... More frequently now, I wish they could see how good a life I have. Why can't they? That that stops Sabi for a moment. And then they they like kind of like fluff up their their moth fuzz uh, in embarrassment and they're just like, well, I, um, well, you see, um, and, uh, Monica can tell that they're just stalling, trying to, to come up with an excuse, <laughs> but 
but they can't come up with a good one. You should invite them here. They can see your beautiful house and the lovely woods you found for yourself. I could bring cookies. That that makes Sabi's antenna wiggle and uh, they say, I believe they would like cookies, yes. Cookies are very good. Almost as good as lemon drops, but less intoxicating. We might want to avoid those. Sabi nods solemnly. Yeah, they they make this plan to invite parent. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I can really hand over a token this time. Sabi already knew about the romance books. Mm-hmm. They've had food before. I, I think I think Monica sits this one out. Yeah, I think Sabi is like unintentionally revealing more of like the cryptid side of them with, you know, accidentally uh revealing that they have a parent and uh things like that. So I'm gonna go ahead and give you a token on that one. Okay. Um, so if the human has more tokens, discuss how your relationship mirrors the ideals of humanity, how human culture has influenced your partnership. Or if the cryptid has more tokens, discuss how your relationship exists outside of human society, how monstrosity has influenced your partnership. We technically have more cryptid tokens. But it's just one more token. Yeah, I don't think it's terribly outside. Run with me on this for a second. Mm-hmm. Monica's in college. Mm-hmm. What if she goes into psychology and becomes a couples therapist specializing in human cryptid relationships? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I love that. I love that so much. So it's still more on the side of the monstrous because a lot of her clients are either cryptid couples or cryptid human couples. Mm -hmm. I can see her moving out of the house she lives in with her parents and bringing her stuff to the treehouse and maybe they expand the treehouse. Yeah, they definitely expand the treehouse and... I'm imagining is like a housewarming gift and actually no it might be a gift that Sabi gets uh gets her before like graduation or something like a uh, a specially made shawl that like looks like moth wings <laughs> and it's that's part of the mothman courtship process uh which uh Monica I'm sure figures out mm -hmm. at some point and possibly calls Sabi on it. Oh yeah. But uh Yeah, I like expanding the treehouse a lot. Um I like it having more Monic more of Monica's touches in it, but still being like a kind of not wild place, but But it is a treehouse in the woods. Yeah. And maybe eventually a couple little moth kitties won running around. <laughs> We did it! We we told we a romance! It.
All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Game is Afoot. Uh, thank you to August for being our guest while we played I Kissed Mothman Behind the Arby's. I'm going to link where you can find the game as well as all three of August's current podcasts. I'm going to also play an ad for one right after this end cap, and you'll hear ads for the other two during the interview episode in a couple of weeks. If you are interested, please go check out our Patreon. Um, I've had some major executive dysfunction issues recently because I'm on half my meds, long story. But the short version is I'm going to start posting regularly on Patreon soon, and I am sorry that I haven't been doing so so far, but not to worry. I'm going to get back on it. I hope we see you next time. Thanks again for listening. Bye. Hi, folks. Welcome to Follow the Leader, a podcast focused on telling character-driven stories through the use of GMless tabletop games where we can all take the lead. 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 Today we're playing Follow by Ben Robbins. Today we're playing This Town is Full of Monsters by Alex Savoylov. Today we're playing Kubrick, a post-adaption game by Ben Arden Roswell. Today we're playing In Dreaming Avalon by Dee Vincent Baker and Megwe Baker. I do hope I pronounced that correctly. We're an LGBTQ actual play podcast that uses collaborative storytelling and world building to create satisfying story arcs with a colorful cast of characters across different settings and genres. With stories ranging from fantasy to science fiction to horror, there's something for everyone. Check out our site at ftlcast.com for suggestions on where to begin. Now that we've got all that, let's get started. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.